You're listening to the Built Shaves Podcast, presented by Midco Sports Network. Things are starting to pick up in the world of North Dakota athletics, and Midco SN is your home for all of it. Tune in this Friday and Saturday at 5 and 7.30 for a pair of UND basketball doubleheaders against North Dakota State. Then join us again Sunday at 7.30 for a new episode of North Dakota Hockey Central, followed by UND Hockey at Denver at 8 o'clock. It's all on Midco SN. This is how we do sports, and this is the Built Shaves Podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Build Shaves podcast, our first in 2021 alongside UND Athletics Director Build Shaves. I'm Alex Heinert. Bill, two weeks in, but happy new year. We, we potted right at the end of 2020. Here we are now in middle of January. How's the new year treating you a couple of weeks in? A little bit like the old year. <laughs> Just a little bit, you know, but I, you know, we made it here. We made it to 21, which is a good thing. And uh, yeah, Happy New Year to you as well, Alex. Um, Yeah, you know, we knew January, February, March is going to be bumpy. Right. I mean, so uh, until we're uh, lucky enough uh, to to uh, have the vaccine come into our our respective uh, cities, towns and have the opportunity to get it, it's going to be a little bit bumpy right now. So and that's what we're experiencing. Yeah, new year, but same 2020 feel so far. And you alluded to that in the last pod, that this is going to be expected. It wasn't going to be a magic switch that will flip and everything's going to be back to normal. We're going to talk a lot over the course of the next 30 minutes or so about the actual competitions that UND's been involved in. Hockey with a couple of games under their belt now in the second half. Men's and women's basketball, each with a handful of series already off the bat. Plus some NCAA D1 Council stuff, etc. But I want to start with that 2021 transition and how it has provided similar challenges as we saw in the previous year with games having to be postponed or canceled outright and new games being shifted in. It's been kind of a crazy two weeks in your world, just like the previous <laughs> several months with just some, some big changes, mainly for women's hoops and for hockey, Bill. Yeah, what I learned was um, if you're going to take your dog for a walk, bring your phone with you. <laughs> Came back from a walk <laughs> and you would have thought, holy cow, well, what did I miss? And mm. so uh, I was... Um, I was treated to uh, you know uh, some some uh, some things that we had to deal with uh, when we played Kansas City in women's basketball, and uh, you know that that was something that you know you're just dealing with. Uh, you know, you yeah. it, it, as we've said, Alex, all along, when you test, you get results, and when you get results, then you have to pivot on some things. And so, uh, you know, that weekend was interesting for sure, and uh, we found a way to play a game that week. And, uh, that was unique in a sense. I'm not sure going into the summit league season, we'd be thinking we would play a game. We probably would have thought we'd play two games or zero games, but it was probably the right thing. I, well, how about this? I know it was the right thing to do. Um, it just was, uh, one of those things you had to live through and we did. Yeah, great credit, I think, to the league, to Kansas City, and to North Dakota for coming to that solution when UND knew they were going to be down to the minimum number of players who could play and knowing that two were coming off injury and there were minutes restrictions. And then, of course, the game goes to overtime and you've got some of the players going the full 45 minutes. It would have been so tough to come back and play another game You know, 21 hours later. It's just not not healthy for your team to have to go back out there and do that again, even though you're in great physical shape. That's when muscle injuries happen. That's when other things can can pop up. So credit to every team just coming together and coming to that solution. 
Uh, and then, you know, on the hockey side as well, things obviously still very much moving. But what, what happened to Omaha, of course, where two series get bumped back now a little bit later in the year. Credit to the NCHC and Colorado College for stepping in as well and for UND coming to that decision to move a series that was going to be in February, sliding it up now into January to fill a space that was going to be empty. Again, the collaboration between teams within all leagues, really, that UND is involved in has been really impressive, Bill. Yeah, so, you know, I think the one thing that you get right now is you have the schedule in what you want to play, like who it is you want to play. The dates just may change right now. Mm-hmm. And, and I think you have to be um, open to, to, to if it can work. That's a whole other story, right? Is there enough time to, to make the plans happen? And um, I think everyone's pretty much open to the fact that if your team is ready to go, in some way, shape, or form, you don't want to lose an opportunity. And uh, I think, I, you know, I'll go back to the women's basketball piece again. Uh, you know, even though we had eight individuals in uniform, I'm not quite sure you could say they were all 1.0s at that point. Mm-hmm. I, I think a couple of them were, like you said, coming. one was coming off an injury, it literally just cleared, and then another one has been had has had nagging injuries that has prevented her from literally playing and so and 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 she's kind of a a day by day you know game by game and so i think getting to the place ahead of time to know we were playing one i felt was the right thing to do no doubt for for our our team and our our roster but secondarily and i think most importantly it was right for Kansas City because they should know, are they coming to play 80 or are they coming mm-hmm. to play 40? And that's a big difference. Like you, you, you're you going to empty the toolbox, right, if you know you're playing 40 and in this case 45. So um, same with, you know, the hockey piece. Y- you've got to be malleable right now because if someone, if a team goes on the shelf, they might miss two weeks. And if you're caught up in that, you could be in a position where all of a sudden you could be three weeks later and you haven't played a game. Yeah. Yeah. And that was where North Dakota was going to be in. If not for this series, it would have been still since December the 20th. And still waiting for their first series. And obviously Denver had their series against CC postponed this past weekend. So we don't know. Again, we're recording this on a Tuesday afternoon on January the 12th. At this point, we're not 100% sure that North Dakota's series against Denver this weekend is going to go off. We think it will, but you never know as a team is coming off a positive COVID case. So then you're looking at, you know, UND would be playing five weeks or having five weeks in between games in the middle of a season. That's, that's unprecedented and really difficult you know, to stay sharp and to stay fresh. So again, great, great. They were able to find a way to get that game against Kansas City and on the women's side, great to get these games against CC and on the hockey side or else you just, like you said, you keep kicking the can down the road and when's it, when's it ever going to stop? Sometimes you just don't know. Yeah, it's a, uh, um, you know, it's one of those, now you go literally week to week, Alex, right? So now you're trying to say, all right, is there a way to fit in the two games, I'll call it on the hockey side right now, the two games somewhere, and it may not be Friday, Saturday. That That's, you know, what might occur. And so, uh, but there's enough logistics on, on, on the front end that you've got to think through. Um, 
And then, uh, you know, knock on wood, uh, you don't put, you know, your team doesn't get into that kind of cycle too, because who knows, you're, you're literally a test away or result away from then having to figure out, you know, where your team might be. Do you still hold your breath a little bit when it's results day and, and you're finding out results or is at this point you're just kind of numb to it and you, <laughs> and you just, hey, if it comes across and we have some positives, we'll just deal with it. Where are you at with that? To be really candid with you, I'm pretty numb. Hmm. Pretty numb. I know we're, we're testing a lot. And so I'd be a basket case if I was <laughs> hanging on the edge for testing results. Like I, the only thing I can do and help is when a result comes in and we have to manage it. Mm. So, so I, no news is good news. Like, like that saying takes on a whole new deal. Like, like no news is really good news. When I just know that we're matter of factly testing and results are coming and they're negatives. And so we, you know, we'll deal with the positives, you know, and, and then you just get, um, you know, you get the uh, the right people around the table, so to speak, around the Zoom, and you uh, you make some decisions and figure out you know what transpires. Love a good virtual table conversation. It's great. Yeah, I don't want to let anyone <laughs> think that we're actually around a table. Bill's doing air quotes. There's that too, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, from a personal note, when you talk about holding your breath and waiting for results, like I've not been tested a lot, but during the pod, I was. And when you you know going into the pod, yeah. you got a COVID test. And even though I had really been cautious and my family had too, and we didn't have a, a gathering for Thanksgiving, we had pretty much just been isolating for a long time. You still don't know. You can do everything right. And somehow randomly, you know, you can have a small contact with somebody and pick it up. And there was a holding your breath moment of like, oh my gosh, please let this be negative. Please let, let nothing have gone wrong here in the midst of this in preparation. And there is such relief. But obviously that was a, that was a small three-week period. You've been doing this now for months and months. So it's a different, different situation, different level of numbness <laughs> that you've been able to build up to. Yeah. You know, you know the other thing that I'm really, I guess, um, just, just way beyond is if we, you've gotten it or not. Like if you do, like it's such a contagious virus that of course a lot of folks are going to get it. And so at the end of the day, I think what we just need to do is even like you described it very, very well. You can do, I think all the things pretty safely, but it could still find you. And I think where our student athletes and I, I'm proud of them on uh, in some of the uh, some of the interviews I'm hearing, and, and it's just you know they're just sounding so seasoned in a sense of you know we want to be as safe as possible, we want to try because we want to play, we want to give ourselves an opportunity, and and again you're just trying to do the best you can, but you know a lot. <laughs> A lot of our students have still in-person classes that start this week. Not all, but but some do. And so once you introduce variables, Alex, one thing we know, variables provide opportunity for the for the virus to seep in. Yeah, I know. Yeah, semester starting uh, today, actually this evening, evening classes will get going at UND. And then tomorrow, the, fir- the full first day of the second semester underway. It's, uh, yeah variables being inserted into what had been a pretty quiet time on campus. So fingers crossed that again, our student athletes can keep, keep doing the right things and keep allowing competitions to happen for them and their teammates. That's a smooth transition then into the, some of the, some of the competitions that we've seen hockey and basketball go through the last couple of weeks on the hockey side. It was a long wait, but it was worth it. UND finally able to get a pair of games in on a Sunday, Monday, 
a sweep out in Colorado Springs, 3-0 and 2-1. Really impressive defensive performance both days for Brad Berry's team. They're now 9-2-1, and one, one point back of St. Cloud State with the game in hand in the NCHC race. What did you make of the uh, performance for UND out in Broadmoor World Arena this past weekend, in air quotes, Bill? Yeah, as our head coach is the uh, former junior gold winning defenseman back in the day. I'm sure the defensive performance was exciting for him. Um, but, uh, I thought CC played well. Um, you know, uh, it was, a it was a grind both games for sure. And, uh, but our guys coming off of close to a month off, uh, I think, uh, you know, they'll get into a rhythm again. And, uh, but you know, it was, it, it was a challenge and, uh, a little bit different too, right? The first time that they had to go into uh, a, a, a venue with no fans that wasn't like in a, and I, I'll call it the pod, but there there were kind of people around, right? Like in yeah. Omaha, like so even you, you had other teams potentially watching. And I think mm-hmm. that kind of gives you a little bit more to some degree juice, right? I mean, but when you're going into a venue that's literally completely empty, that makes it uh, difficult as well. So, but I think uh, did a, did a nice job and uh, yeah, found a way to get two W's and uh, you know, chasing St. Cloud at this point in time, St. Cloud's played uh, pretty, pretty darn well. Yeah. I thought Brad Schlossman did a great job of setting the scene of how weird it was at Broadmoor World Arena. Well, like you mentioned it in the pod, it really had this unique, you know, tournament-like atmosphere. Obviously, no fans, but you had life. You had sort of this daily routine you got into, and and there there was activity going on, and there was always games. You know, there there was it was an event. According to Brad, I mean, the lights are off outside, the parking lot's empty, his tracks through the snow are the only comings and goings, the only signs of life in the arena. That would be eerie. And obviously, Broadmoor World Arena is a big facility. It's a little bit. I don't, grander is not the right word, but like it's different than what Baxter Arena is, where that's a little more of an intimate setting, even though it seats about the same amount of people. It's just, it's a big Olympic sheet. It's a different sort of a feel. And that sort of came across just watching the NCHC.TV feed. Just different for these guys now. And that's sort of the environment they're going to be playing in this coming week at Magnus Arena and going on to these other venues where there won't be fans. A unique experience as they go on the road truly for the first time. Well, what's going to be interesting too is so juxtapose that when they finally come back to the Ralph with fans. (laughs) Yes. I mean, it's going to feel like there's 300,000 fans. Uh, I hope so. I, I assume that's how it's going to feel. It, just even that small blip. We noticed that with basketball. I mean, just having 600 people in the Betty, just the fact there was a little bit of atmosphere. Gosh, it was night and day from having nobody in the stands. And yeah, the fact that now you alluded to it from 1000 was the original projection for the Ralph now up to 3000, you know, so a quarter of capacity inside that facility for that first series against CC coming up in two weeks. That's going to be exciting for the guys. They have to be just thrilled to be able to, A, to play back home for the first time in almost a full calendar year and also to have fans cheering for you in the facility. Boy, highlights for sure yeah, coming up. So so uh, when I made uh, that little weekend jaunt down to Omaha and watched us play on that Saturday, Sunday, I had stopped in Sioux Falls and watched the men's team play um, the Dakota Showcase. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And very similar in the Pentagon. It was just like a closed door scrimmage. 
it was like it was like literally someone you know didn't unlock the doors you know it's like you know so no one could come in and it just has a weird vibe to it it just does i think schloss you know put it very very well i i just it's just an oddity like i walked in and you get go up a staircase you feel like no one's been in that staircase they kind of get you to your place you're going to be alone and away you go and i did the same thing in omaha right and so you kind of went up the tier three thing and i saw people over there but you can't go near them and it's just it's just that's where we are yeah it's different and it's not permanent thank goodness but yeah something we're just gonna have to figure out how to make the most of over the next month or two so but yeah good good on hockey certainly to go on the road get a couple of wins six straight now for that team they hopefully are, are going to be playing back in Colorado this coming weekend against uh, a Denver team that, again, was off this past weekend because of COVID. Best of luck to Bradbury and the guys as they continue to march forward here after a strong pod here to open up the second half of the season. Now, number two in the country. On the basketball side, uh, starting with the men, back-to-back splits to open up Summit League play. A home split against Kansas City, again, winning Friday, falling on Saturday. And then same thing in Oral Roberts. Great comeback win on Friday night and then falling on Saturday. Two and two in conference play. You know, probably about where you think you would be with a young team that is still figuring things out. Not the worst thing to, to be two and two at this point against those two opponents. Yeah. You know, and, and I guess, you know, what's interesting to me, uh, it, for sure. We've got new, new faces and new roles. And I think when you have that, regardless, I, I will call it, even of your, I'll call it age of your team. When you're really trying to adapt to new roles and, and, uh, you've lost a lot of production and I'll call it usage. So our mm-hmm. usage rate with some of our seniors that departed last year was high. <laughs> and so so now, you know, you're trying to figure out how you spread that usage rate out and then also adapt to certain roles. And so, yeah, you know, being on the road and, and, and playing teams that maybe – not necessarily in our weight class. I mean, and those types of things have been challenging, but I think now we can hopefully get into that, you know, back-to-back rhythm for the for the rest of uh, the, the conference season. And I think the back-to-back's interesting, you know. I mean, there's a, you know, you go in and you're, you're kind of playing 80 minutes. And so, but at the end of 40, supposedly, could be more, but 40, you know, oh, there's a result. And then you go on to 41. So it's just, it's just kind of fascinating. Yeah, it's that hockey series mentality. And yep. Paul Sather's talked about that. Mallory Bernard has too, like just figuring out how you approach that in the best way. And obviously Paul has experience with the Northern Sun. They play a Friday, Saturday schedule. So he's used to game planning and with tighter turnarounds because they would play on a Friday night and then travel to play somebody else on a Saturday afternoon. Or obviously you're hosting different opponent Friday, Saturday. A little different, of course, when you're game planning for the same team and what adjustments you've got to make. And the teams they'll play this weekend are, are awfully good. North Dakota State coming to town, who's perfect 4-0 in the Summit League on the men's side and have beaten some pretty good teams along the way. UND, of course, narrowly lost to the Bison by one down in Sioux Falls at the Dakota Showcase. A great chance here now to get one back and get actually get, hey, get two back on the Bison as they come up to the Betty for the first time this year. Yeah, you know, um, yeah, for sure. Uh you know, I, I think both both the men and the women uh, felt like that maybe they left one. Uh, they left one on the table in Fargo, and so uh, gives uh, both teams an opportunity to uh, to get after them uh, in conference play. Yeah, really similar storylines because the women who who have started zero three in conference play again overtime loss to Kansas City two weeks ago in the in the lone game in which they had a big lead, and you could just see 
the the grind of having to play the same five kids essentially the entire game just caught up with them at the end they didn't have enough steam to get across the the finish line and then a couple of close losses at Earl Roberts played played okay I think defensively I know Mallory Bernhard wanted to see a little more they gave up 90 points on Saturday and 84 on Friday but still they haven't had their full team just yet they take on a North Dakota State team that similar story UND led that game in Fargo a non-conference game in December the Bison kind of chipped away and found a way to tie things up in the fourth quarter and send it to overtime and then got the job done there. So great opportunity, again, against the North Dakota State team that's 8-2 and two and is much better this year. But it's always a different story when these two get together, and we're excited to see the result this weekend. Yeah, I, you know, I, I've talked to uh, both Paul and Mal quite a bit and, you know, in some of the things that they're the challenges that they've had to go through. But, you know, especially on the lady side, um, if there's obstacles to, to overcome, um, we've found them. I mean, it's been like a treasure hunt of obstacles. And I think the biggest obstacle that probably doesn't go um, as readily uh, thought about for, for most is just to practice five on five has actually been a challenge. Like that, that, that more times than not, we, we, we cannot do that based on the scenarios that have presented themselves for us and not a complaint, not a whine, not an excuse, but reality. And uh, so that goes back to competition and, you know, taking the temperature of our team, they're as frustrated of not getting over the line a few different times. And, uh, and we just got to keep grinding. That's it. I mean, that's why I just keep telling, you know, both just, you have to keep grinding. Yeah, we mentioned Brad's article on the hockey team. Tom Miller had a great article in the Herald talking about how the coaching staff has had to step in and practice with the girls to get to five on five. And it's been that kind of a season where you just, they've had a tough time keeping bodies healthy. They've lost some players, of course, for the season. Some have been more week to week. Some have been more long-term. A lot of challenges for your first year as a head coach for Mal. But oh, but again, you can see the, the positivity is there. They keep working hard. They're in these games. And it's as sooner or later, it's going to happen for them. Yeah, you, we, we've had some natural attrition just based on injuries. I mean, that that has happened with a good portion. I, I, I'd say a third of our roster has been in that box. And then from there, anytime you deal with a positive taste uh, case, you have to trace out potentially some folks. And then all of a sudden you're limited there. And so it's, it's just been a challenge. Um, but you know, we're going to keep grinding. I mean, that's all you can do right now is, uh, you know, use it to the best, um, uh, so that we can keep growing in this regard. And, uh, you know, the NCAA, you know, came out at some point and almost froze people's eligibility to some degree. So, you know what, you use this as an opportunity for growth. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it for sure. So North Dakota State in town on Friday and Saturday. Again, 5 o'clock women's game, 7.30 men's game on both days. Great opportunity against the big-time rival. And again, not just 600, but 650 season ticket holders will be in attendance come this weekend. So exciting that the Betty also getting a slightly larger bump moving forward. Uh, in terms of competition, that's that's pretty much it. I don't think I missed anybody in terms of teams that are actually playing right now. But the hope is that you know just around the corner, volleyball is going to get started. Football's going to start practice next week. Some of those fall competitions that God saw their season moved back are just getting ready to get started soon. That's got to be exciting around campus to have those teams ready to get underway. Totally agree, Alex. And you know, I the uh, you know we're going to have plenty to talk about as as that, that those those teams get going as well. Um, you know, but the one thing we are noticing right now is as the as the calendar year flipped to January. Uh, 
you know, there's been some movement at this point about some schools potentially not playing. And so, uh, in fact, that occurred yesterday. Uh, again, as we record this today on a Tuesday, uh, mid-afternoon, um, you know, uh, Indiana State in our league uh, has decided not to play football. And so uh, I, I literally didn't know, know that until I read that as well. We had a meeting last Wednesday. So we, we meet on Wednesdays. So this uh, I'll, I'll learn more tomorrow as far as what's transpired with that. But, you know, that that's um, – nothing should surprise us at this point mm. in time. And so now you just have to pivot and figure out what that means for us. Yeah, it's tough for the Valley. The Sycamore is the first Missouri Valley school to officially say they're not going to play this spring, citing just the fact that eight games in the spring followed by potentially 11 or more in the fall, just too many for their team. That's what they ultimately decided for the health and safety of their guys. They didn't want to go through that. So we'll see if that's just a one-off in the Valley or if that becomes the first domino that falls. We'll find out as we get closer to competition, I suppose. Yeah, I, there's going to be new information literally, I think, on a weekly basis here as we lead up to it. Because if you think about it, the most logical thing to do back about three months ago was to say, hey, let's move it. Let's move it to a, a later time frame and then we'll figure out what our circumstances are at that stage of the game. And, uh, you know, every, every institution has to go through that process. Yeah, well, we're we're out. We're at that stage again. February twentieth is the UND home opener for football, and that is not, I think, forty days away. Whatever that is, thirty nine, forty days away. So just around the corner. Hopefully, fingers crossed that we can get games in and the guys can play. But obviously, you got to do what's best for your school and for your program. And Indiana State feeling this was the right choice for them. Uh, one other NCAA thing, Bill. The NCAA Council was supposed to vote on name, image, likeness this week and have a vote about. Some of the changes proposed to the transfer portal, et cetera, those have now all been postponed. Uh, talk me through what's going on there. Yeah, I think uh, we probably could put a pin in this conversation for a, maybe a later pod. But I think at least for right now, there's a uh, this week uh, was the NCA convention, which was supposed to be held you know, live, obviously, but now it's being done virtually. Uh, I think as simple as it is right now, when before the uh maybe about th maybe it was about three weeks ago four weeks ago the supreme court um um decided that they were going to hear uh the alston case and and by and, and really it has to do with student athlete i'll call it quote unquote compensation and so because they're going to hear that I, it's almost like the sands are shifting around you right now and i think to come out with any legislation right now may be premature and so I think that's the concept at this point is like, okay, so what's going to happen there so that then when we start looking at all the various bills that are out there regarding it could be student athlete bill of rights or name image likeness, I think we need to probably figure out what the, the uh, highest court in the land is going to say since the last time we actually had the Supreme Court hear a case that had to do with collegiate athletics was 1984 when o the University of Oklahoma sued the NCAA regarding football uh, television rights. And so at mm. the end of the day, that, that was about 30 years ago. So we're talking, we're living history. I mean, we've lived history in 2020. We are living history again in 2021 is my opinion. There you go. Well, look forward to more of those conversations on the NCAA and the Supreme Court's side of things here as the months roll on. Anything else from you, Bill, on an NCAA or UND perspective before we do a really quick flip over to the B side? Today? Yeah, we, we have one little quick thing on the B side and it, it, it was awesome, wasn't it? 
So flip it. You can flip it. The, we'll, we'll do the flip and we'll go right into the magic of the FA Cup, Bill, over in England. Tottenham Hotspur, your team in the Premier League. They are, was it 161 places ahead? 161 ahead of Marine, who is an eighth division semi-pro team that plays basically on someone's back garden uh, in, in a little suburb of Liverpool. They were drawn together in this competition in the third round. They played this past weekend. What scenes, Bill, from Marine's grounds? Unbelievable stuff. If, if you're not tracking... Um I'll say this. Okay. My, my school in uh, high school in Connecticut was Enfield high. It was like, you know, Tottenham was going to go roll into Enfield high school. I mean, that's it. And (laughs) that's kind of the, the imagery you need to get your head around on top of they're playing a team that they do other things other than play. They're semi-professional in a sense, right? They're just not all in on the soccer piece. I mean, uh, the, I think the head coach works at the, at the railway. And so there's, it's just, it's just amazing really. And, uh, and that's the magic of the eighth league or the, the, the seven leagues below the premier league is Marine Marine football club. And, and there it was, there goes Tottenham rolling in there. And so, uh, it was awesome. I, it, it, my, my favorite part, favorite part of it all was the signs on the fence with the numbers on it so that the ball kids could know what door to knock on to go get the ball back from the backyard. Yes. Because <laughs> it literally, if you've, if you've not seen this, look it up because it is great. Like the highlights are great. But it is this little field surrounded by houses and apartments. And there's a little stand on one end behind the goal and a little stand on the other. And that's about it. And, you know, God bless him. I mean, this is Gareth Bale, one of the world's most expensive footballers got trotted on as a sub in like the 70th minute or so he's playing against the garbage man and the post office worker and a teacher and a, and a medic. And like, it's just, it was really, and obviously Spurs won the game five, nothing, but Marine hit the post early. There was a couple of moments of excitement before things started to write themselves. Really cool deal. Spurs, by the way, sent every player on Marine, the kit that they wore. So normally after a game, you'd exchange jerseys, you couldn't do that because of COVID, but they made sure that the Marine players got the reverse jersey from the opposition. That, that's just really cool stuff from Tottenham. And another cool thing, Spurs sent them their scouting report. So here's the report on what we've seen from these guys, from professional scouts. Super cool memories for that group of guys that they can carry with them for a lifetime. So the two things I, I, I love, your description is so apt. Um, so when Gareth Bale comes in, to the match and he's been hurt a little bit. And so even just to get some playing time is a good thing. I mean, to some degree. So there's reasons why Tottenham did what they did. But, um, I, I think I, I, this is one of the best quotes afterwards is that one of their players, Marine player said, why? And he just said, why not? (laughs) Isn't that great? Why not? Like, like, like back to your roots. It's like for the love of the game, really. I mean, all yeah. of that. And so, and you know who, uh, you know who I thought really did a really good job with all that too was Mourinho. Yeah. Yeah. All, leading, leading up to it. I mean, all of it. Like, I think he, you know, understood the history, understood the moment. And I think Tottenham did everything. I, I'll call it right. You know, yeah. and, uh, and, you know, yeah, there's no doubt like th- that team 
I was telling my son, we were driving back from Minot. He had a hockey game. Why not Minot, right? So we were <laughs> driving back to from Minot, and um, I said to him, man, those guys are all in a pub right now talking about hitting that crossbar. Imagine if that went yeah. in. It would have been a different match. You know, I mean, it, it was awesome. They've got memories for a lifetime. Joe yeah, Hartwood cool. had memories for a lifetime. Yeah, yes, yes. That was the joke that this was Joe's testimonial to try out for for Marine in the future. And he <laughs> kept a clean sheet. So former England international, now a third team keeper. But good stuff. Fun to see your team go out there and give it their best. They move on to the next rounds. And Premier League's back in our lives starting today. Now we had a little bit of a break for some of the FA Cup stuff. So good luck to Spurs as they move forward. You're in the final of the Carabao Cup, by the way, too. Congratulations. Yeah, on that. yeah. No, I mean, hey, they haven't won a, a trophy since 08. So, I mean, they'll be all in on it for sure. Uh, but again, have to play Man City. We'll see what happens there. But at the end of the day, um, you know, you're seeing the NBA going through some some difficulties with the COVID piece. The Premier League is in that. Uh, you know, everyone's going through the bumps at this point in time, and so you just have to pivot. I mean, they're actually going to play Fulham, a, a team that was uh, they were scheduled to play about a week and a half ago. They're going to play them tomorrow. So, you know, everybody's pivoting with their schedules. Yeah, because Aston Villa, who Spurs was supposed to play. They all came down with COVID. Their entire first team was out. They had to field the under-21 side against Liverpool in the FA Cup at the weekends. You know, this whole situation that North Dakota finds themselves in, not foreign to what other professional teams around the world are dealing with. This is pretty commonplace right now. So what do we always say? The great ones adjust, Bill. Spurs are going to have to adjust. North Dakota will continue to do so, as will you and I as we move forward. Well, and we look forward to seeing our, our great fans. Uh, you know, maybe I'll close it on this: is that I, I I'm excited. Uh, you know, seeing some folks obviously in the Betty like we did, and uh, eventually when we can play ice uh, hockey in the Ralph, it'd be awesome to see fans here, and that'll give you just a, maybe a, a another little level of normalcy. And uh, and uh, we're heading there. We're getting there. That's what I'll say. <laughs> stay, 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 stay strong, everyone. Stay strong because it, it it's going to happen. Uh, you know, it's it's just a matter of time before the vaccine makes its way to us. Mm. Day by day, Bill. Day One by step day. at a time. Awesome. Well, he's Bill Shaves. Appreciate your time as always, Bill. Have the best week. Thanks to Bill. Thanks to our producer, Cassie Niles. I'm Alex Heiner. Thanks for listening. Stay safe, and we'll talk to you soon.